Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Michelle Prince, host of the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we put a spotlight on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders talking about how they built businesses, how they're creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own life. And my guests today are two amazing people that uh, I've known for many, many years, um, but I'll tell you more about them in a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing Group. Performance Publishing Group provides top quality, comprehensive book publishing services for soon-to-be authors. The Performance Publishing team has helped thousands of people realize their dream of becoming an author. Will you be next? I know for fact my guests today uh, are are big proponents of, of writing books, and they'll explain what that means in a minute. But as a partner publisher, Performance Publishing Group can offer you more than just expert guidance. They want to make sure you get the book of your dreams and reap the rewards. To learn more, go to performancepublishinggroup.com. All right, let me introduce you to my friends, Chris and Bev Parrish. They've been happily married for 40 years, and they're still best friends. And I've seen them in, in action, and it's very, very true that they they just, they just you could just tell how much they still adore each other. They're parents of seven now-grown children, and they're passionate about family life, and they hope to inspire, equip, and encourage families to create a vision for the legacy they leave behind. Chris calls himself a serial entrepreneur. He's started numerous businesses over the years, and Bev has been a stay-at-home mom homeschooling their kids for 30 years. Wow. They've been active in serving their church, homeschool community, and other nonprofit organizations. They're proof that following simple biblical principles consistently will move you in the direction of your vision, and they love to share those principles to see other families' lives change. They recently launched the Family Legacy Conference, which is a one-day seminar designed to pass along those principles and impact the culture one family at a time. You can learn more about them at beverlyparish.com forward slash family-legacy-conference. Welcome to the show, you two. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, okay. I'm so excited about this conversation. Uh, We have known each other for a long time. Bev, you and I initially uh, engage. Well, we we all met through our dear friend Howard Partridge, and Bev, you and I initially worked together on your first book, and now I get to work with both of you uh, through our our mastermind group. And you're just doing extraordinary things. And so I'm I'm excited that you're going to share some nuggets, though, because we all we all have families, right? And I think if you have children, married with children or without, you know, there's str- struggles, there's ups, there's downs. And so this is something that you're so passionate about doing. It's your ministry. So we're going to be talking about families today. Does that sound good? That does. Yep. Okay. Well, first, I know I read your bio, but give us a little bit more of the backstory. How did you guys come together and how did you create such an incredible family culture, especially with seven kids? Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. (laughs) Chris, Chris. Hey, I've met this lovely lady. Uh, I was a wise and worldly man at 14 years old. She was a smoking hot babe at 12. 
Yeah, she was my best friend's sister, so I suddenly had a reason to be over at Mike's house, you know, every day. <laughs> that was, uh, and I chased her for a long time, finally got her to say yes, and um, been best friends and ever since. Well, and I, I think um, part of our story was we didn't even, you know, it, it's kind of unusual to have seven kids. And um, we didn't even want children when we first got married. So, you know, how did we end up here being passionate about family? I wanted to break the glass ceiling. And of course, you know, this was 1978. That's long been done. But um, and we had decided in advance that I would stay home when our kids were born. But that was, you know, further down the road. And then God just changed our hearts and we had our first son. And so I stayed home and found myself dreaming of these idyllic days with butterflies and cupcakes and in the yard and, you know, looking for uh, bugs and, and it just wasn't playing out that way. Uh, <laughs> child was increasingly not my dream child. You know, he was human, you know, and uh, I was human and uh, I found myself really, of course, loving my son and Chris as well, but we didn't really enjoy his presence. And we just were really dissatisfied and thought, oh, my gosh, no one told us this. You know, they, the advertising sold us a different thing. And um, and so we were thinking, yeah, maybe we're done once enough. You know, maybe we're done. And uh, as God would have it at the time, we were going to a little bitty church. Uh, everyone was in one room, adults, children as well. And there was this family who was a little older than us, and they had about four or five kids. And I noticed right away that they were markedly different than our family, and they seemed to enjoy one another's company. And there was great ease and affection. And I, you know, looked at my son and thought, right. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that in my naivete, I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. She had what I wanted, and uh, so I asked her, what, what, your family's so different. What did you do? And she said, well, I read this book and I did what it said. And I thought, well, I could do that, you know? <laughs> so I got the book, read the book, uh, gave Chris the condensed version, uh, version of it. And then we began to implement the principles. It, they were child training principles, biblical child training principles. And we saw our family transform and we began to enjoy our son. And that kind of started us on this journey of, wow, with intention and with uh, we didn't have a goal in mind, a positive goal. We just knew what we didn't want. And oh. so with that in mind, we sort of got emboldened to think, golly, can we affect change in our family? And that kind of started us on this process of what what else is possible? Wow. Well, and really especially, was, oh, go ahead, Chris. It really was a, a journey. Um, I, I didn't know what I wanted, but I sure knew what I didn't want. And that said, I loved my son, but man, I did not like him very much. This this was, I was convinced we were one and done. <laughs> this is parenting. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, and as Bev said, fast forward, um, we put some things in place and it really did change the trajectory of our lives and that of our family. Wow. Well, let's talk about what some of those things are, because I know there are people listening who are either in the thick of it right now and feeling the exact same way. Um, it, it is always harder. I, I remember actually. So, you know, everybody has kids that are different, right? And my two kids were night and day, but my more challenging personality was my firstborn. And so that was all I knew. And, and, and so, but then there's, and then, you know, my second one came, he was a little bit easier, but 
I know when you have a first child that is more challenging, it does kind of like, what am I doing? And, and I remember reading books and seeking help and you know, going to counselors and all of that to to try to help be the best parents. I wish I would have known you two then because um, you could have helped me quite a bit. But let's talk about that, though. What are some of the principles? Like, what would you, if somebody came to you and said, I, I want what you all have, what, what do you share with them? Well, I would say um, the for us, it was this, we had a shift in mindset. Um, I guess, so because of the work I do with dyslexic kids, because I speak at homeschool conferences, I talk to a lot of families and consistently they say to me what we thought ourselves, which is what is wrong with my child? And we have to shift our paradigm. It's not the child. I mean, I come from a, we come from a biblical worldview, which is that we're all sinners, myself, my children, all of us, and we want our own way. And I thought if I was nice to my child, if I created this idyllic environment, he would respond with love and adoration and obedience. And we see, you know, in the Bible, the very first story, <laughs> that isn't what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to shift our mindset that it wasn't him. He, yeah, he's the problem because he's a, a sinful creature, but it, but it was our job to teach him proactively what was acceptable. It's, it's no different than, you know, when you have a job, uh, you start on a new job, your boss details your job description, tells you how to please him, what will get you a raise, what will get you promoted, instead of just letting you go and say, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. Nope. And, you know, it's like, how, how am I supposed to succeed? So the number one principle was to think in terms of proactively teaching our kids what it is that we want instead of just correcting everything. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, we didn't know anything about that. You know, you, you wisely sought out information. I had read, uh, prior to Ben's birth, I had read books about pregnancy and nursing and all that kind of stuff. I hadn't read anything about parenting. And I guess we thought, well, we conceive this child, we birth this child. How hard Figure can it, it be? Out. Yeah. Yes. We, someone parented us. We were children. You know, what what more could you ask? And so in all honesty, we were not equipped. Mm-hmm. And and sadly, in, in our instant culture now, we're like, I, I mean, I even see on YouTube, no longer is it a 20 minute video. It's now this 30 second, whatever they call it. And you cannot impart parenting principles in little sound bites and wow. tweets. And even blogs. I mean, there, there's if you want to parent in a biblical manner, you have to study. So that's the first thing. Is well, yeah, it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's not something you do. It becomes who you are as a family, and that's the dad's role as head of the family is to help create and and protect that vision, if you will. Mm-hmm. We spent once we got started uh, and our family was growing, we had the child training part. Uh, you know, pretty well in place. Yeah. And and we had that peace and that it was a fragrant aroma in the house, if you will. Mm. And we began to wonder what is, you know, there's got to be more to this than this Monday through Friday routine. And I see families struggling with this all the time where, you know, the kids are just unhappy and whining and fussing and there's stress and anxiety and strife everywhere. And, you know, you, you see a kid throw himself on the ground at Walmart and yeah. Fit and everybody ignores it like it's not even happening or in a restaurant and, and and families that's their life you know and it should not be that way it doesn't have to be that way and that's that's what we're passionate about is 
is restoring that fragrant aroma that's supposed to be there in the house. And frankly, that begins with the dad. He's the head. He's the one who learns to say no to things. You know, you don't have to be out every night of the week doing something. Mm. And then spending all day Saturday at every soccer game, Little League baseball, whatever. And everybody's exhausted come Sunday. And it all starts again Monday. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm, that's actually something you just said is really important because I think we were guilty of this with our own boys, but that overscheduling, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they want to be involved in every sport or they, you know, this, their neighbor down the street is on the football team or, you know, whatever it is, soccer team. And I do see that. And I remember experiencing that when you're just so exhausted um, from going and going and going and going. And that's usually when those fuses, you know, <laughs> are short. And, you know, you lose your temper, they lose their temper. And then, like you said, then you're not enjoying each other. And I know there were years um, I definitely could say we were guilty of that. Um, and it's not that those are bad things. The question is, are are these good things, evil things? No, of course not. It's just, is this the best use of our time? Is this in line with our vision for the family and what yeah. we want? And, you know, we're producing, you know, in homeschooling, and this is not about homeschooling, in any <clears throat> any educational setting, the academics are the easy part. Yes. Character is the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the big picture. That's the end game. And that's what we were focused on. Well, tell, tell about how the, the creating a vision was what helped us to determine, are we going to go to every soccer game oh, on yeah. Saturday and all that stuff? You know, uh, um, w- once we, as I said, once we had, uh, I don't know how many kids, three kids at the time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we lost count. <laughs> I can't remember their names anyway. Uh, but... Uh, you know, we started, uh, uh, I'm kind of a vision guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do details with a 10 foot pole. I'm, you know, I think way ahead, Yes. but I was wondering, okay, why I love this woman. We get married and the natural order of things, you start to have kids and okay, I get that. But what is this really all about? What are we, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Or is this just this Monday through Friday gig that we grind through for the next 18 years and go, boy, glad that's over. Uh, it had to be more to that. And so we began to craft a vision for our family um, that really detailed what we were about, not like in the business context of, okay, this quarter, we're going to do this and this and this, and this right. but really long range pictures. What do we want? What's our legacy going to be? Yes. What's it all about? Um, and so we began to set out and try to define that. And it took us honestly a couple of years to get it on paper there was a lot of stuff rattling around in my head. Yes. And it's not like we worked on it every day, but there was this gnawing thing down inside of us to identify who we were, what this was all about. You know, um, the Heidelberg Catechism says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. If you could paraphrase that and say the chief end of the family is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So mm. oh, how, do we, how do we put that in place as a family? And that began our our journey to create a vision. And what's so amazing to me is, you know, in those years, you had no idea that that gnawing that you knew that you had to do something about this and and create that vision for your family would be a part of your bigger purpose, which is really equipping and inspiring and, you know, helping these other families to do the same thing. And one of the ways I know you're doing that is through a family legacy conference. Can we talk about that? And what all happens when you bring families together and you instill some of these principles into other families? Yeah. Well, it was, uh, this has been something that's been on our heart for 
years actually. And, and Bev and I, you know, so at, at that early stage in our lives, we were creating a vision for the family and what we were supposed to do and direction that we were going to go. Oh, and to, to let me address something Bev said earlier, and that is that vision helped make our decisions mm -hmm. about the use of our time. You know, um, it, it is dragging six boys to every different sporting event out there. Is that in line with what we want as a family? The answer was no. So let's pick one or two. And that's what we all do as a herd, right? We're going to do those things uh, because it's frankly, <laughs> it's easier on mom and dad and, and, it, and it helps promote peace. But to the conference, um, it's been something on our heart for a long, long time. And here we are now at a new season in life. All the kids are gone, of course, except for Hannah. We have an adult daughter with Down syndrome. She's with us. But so we are in a new season of life and it's our turn basically to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we aspire to do. So the conference we put together, um, it's sort of a 50,000 foot view. It's a high level, um, one day, 10 to four ish, uh, just bro broaching the subject for some people, you know, to give them things to think about. But our, our goal was to save other families time. We, we stumbled into answers and, and in retrospect, see okay this is vital this is vital this is and so our heart was to share that with younger families so they could skip some of the potholes that we fell into and um so and condense it into a one-day <clears throat> conference so we just did this our first one and um we discussed issues like headship because sadly in a in this culture and even in the christian community uh that there's a lot of confusion about what that means and uh, so we talk about headship and followship, mm -hmm. I guess, for the, for the gals, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, that, what that looks like. And uh, one of the, one of the uh, kind of interesting things that we do is we have a family vision workbook. Mm -hmm. And because our experience was we didn't know what we wanted, we just knew what we didn't want. But reacting is not always the best, wisest course to, to determine what, you, what it is you want. <clears throat> but... The vision workbook is an evaluation process where we evaluate relationships in the family between husband and wife, between parents and children, between sibling and sibling. We evaluate uh, the, the quality of the input that comes into our home. We evaluate our level of self-mastery. Uh, and oh, I've lost the third one. I mean, the fourth one. Oh, it'll come to me. Anyhow, it's a written <laughs> workbook. And we ask the parents to evaluate one to four, uh, you know, four is excellent, one is poor. How am I doing in these areas? And we just propose questions for them. Do I know my spouse's love language? Am I speaking my spouse's love language? Do I uh, um, respect and acknowledge their gifts where they're different than me? And so we just kind of compile tickler questions yes. to get people thinking. And then uh, we give them time to create a mind map, put your name in the middle, and you, you know, you uh, uh, brought this back to our minds, put your name in the middle and you write off there, what kinds of things are we wanting to see in our family and then expand on those spokes. And so it's a concrete exercise for them to put their thoughts on paper. And, and I, I think one of the things that we hope to do is to give people permission to say what we say. Every time we say, I loved my child, but I didn't like my child, people go, oh. Like, oh my gosh, how could you say that? But we're just saying what everyone else is thinking. You know, sure. I, of course sure. I love, but I want to like them. Anyhow, so we talk about, um, we evaluate where we are to 
to see if that triggers some ideas about where we want to go. We talk about the husband and wife relationship being the primary relationship because our culture tells us that the children are the primary relationship and that's not God's design. And then we talk about um, parents, some very simple child training parenting practices to help you uh, implement yeah. your your dreams for your family. So our goal is to uh, just pique their interest, get them thinking, shorten the learning curve, and and hopefully launch them um, out. You know, with the thoughts of what what could it be? Does does our life have to be like everybody else? You know, not so like oh look at us we're different, but so we bring honor to the name of Christ. If we call ourselves Christians, our lives should look different, and we ought to have something to offer a hurting world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and they just like I I saw that family and I thought, wow, that's so nice. You know, I want that. And um, and we just that's what we hope to pass along. Yeah, we look just like the world around us. We offer the world nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. That's so true. And some of the things you said, I mean, my gosh, that assessment, wow. I like I said, I wish I had something like that when my kids were young, but what a what an incredible gift that you could bring. I mean, I know you're here in Texas, so I know you your your conference, you did it for your local community. I see this being something that could expand all over, um, especially through the churches. Uh, any churches or pastors listening, these this content needs to come into the church and equip and train the families um, because it's just so important. And something else you said, Bev, nobody talks about it. Nobody wants to talk about the issues that they have with their family. Nobody, you know, and a lot of times issues get blamed on the child, um, you know, through teachers or whatever else. But really, it's just that the nucleus, maybe there's something not, you know, not solid there. So, well, I think we have um, bought into the experts in, instead of and that's why I said in the beginning, we have to acknowledge that we're all sinful creatures. And so sometimes our behavior is a result of sin. But but the cultural experts tell us it's a pathology and here's the medication for it. Well, I'm not saying that there's not a need for that sometimes, but, but first we have to ask ourselves if this is between me and God, what, how do I need to, you know, remedy that situation? And, you know, the other, the the underlying premise in the conference basically is that in the absence of a biblical conviction, we go the way of culture Mm. every time, you know, Mm. the absence of a biblical conviction, we go the way of culture. We start listening to the influencers of social media. We watch stuff on TV and whatever, whatever is out there. We think, ah, that's the answer because we don't have a biblical conviction. Mm. That vision part is so huge. I mean, just because and it's I don't even know that people are intentionally not. But when you are going so quickly in life and you don't have that that guiding light or that star, you know, to kind of like for you to sit down and say, yeah, we don't need to be on a soccer field all weekend with all of our kids is huge. So getting into families in the early years, um, I think is so critical to help them with that, creating that. And that's what this conference is all about, right? And and one of our hopes with the conference is to create a sense of community. This is all very familiar to us, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> because we were on the outside most of our lives. Not that our friends didn't have wonderful families. That's not what we're saying. But the fact that we had these written goals, that we said no to a lot of things. We said no to a lot of things that the church wanted us to volunteer our time for Mm. because we were young and energetic. And they're like, oh, could you lead Bible study? Could you do vacation Bible school? Could you? And and Chris would say, thank you. No, 
<laughs> we have our hands full. This is our primary importance right now is our family. And then, and you know, what's left is what's left. But my point is it was lonely. It was hard sometimes to make those decisions. Thankfully, Chris is is really adept at saying thank you, no. Um, but we would so part of what we want to create with these conferences is especially if they're held if a church sponsors us and invites their families for us to serve with this information is a sense of community and other other like minded families and and even if you don't. You, you never, you know, get a written thing you hang in your bathroom like ours. Um, even if you never do that, if you just begin the process, you're better off than you were before. And the conference provides the community of knowing that you're not alone. There are other parents because, you know, certainly if you adopt biblical principles for your family, you're standing in, in direct opposition to culture. Mm. But sometimes even in your church, you are. And so it's just nice to know that even within your church, there are like-minded families yes. because it can be lonely and you, you need that support. For sure. And you, there's no two people that I can think of that are be better equipped to do this than the two of you. And I know I've had an opportunity to get to know you better than, than some, but you guys are just such an inspiration. And, you know, I, even your marriage is so strong and it, it, you, you really do provide so much, um, influence without even knowing it probably of, of what can be possible in a family. So Thank I you. just love what you're doing. Um, how can people learn more about the conference? How can they reach out to you to invite you to come into their churches or communities? What's the best way? The best place is my website, beverlyparish.com. There's a content, uh, contact uh, button and they can at beverlyparish.com slash family dash legacy dash conference. I think you have this in your notes. Yes. There was specific information about this conference that we just had details about what we covered and that kind of stuff, but they can contact me through our website in it. And as you uh, alluded to, our goal is for churches to sponsor this and bring us in. Like, so for example, our first one, we weren't able to provide child care, which we really wanted to the facility where we were having it. We, we just couldn't do it. Um, but that that's a big deal is offering young families Childcare on site at you know no extra charge, and so that would alleviate the burden of some families, which is you know like I said one of the reasons we we want uh, we'd love to bring this to churches. Yes, for sure. <clears throat> so beverlyparish.com, and then all the details of the conference will be on there as well. And one I just have to to also just uh, toot your horns a little bit as well because you're both authors. Um, Bev, you have a book that's been out. You're working on another. We don't, we're not going to dive into all that today because we'll save that for when you're ready to launch it. But Chris is also, um, has a book in the works to be out soon. So when those books are ready, we're going to bring you guys back on and talk more specifically about them. That'd be great. All right. Mm -hmm. What leave us with one last thought for somebody who has a family, a lot, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders listening to this who are trying to juggle family and career. And Chris, you had to do that. But what advice would you give to those families to take, to implement into their life today? Make the plain things, the main things in life, major on the majors. Um, this woman is my primary number one ministry, uh, mm -hmm. then the kids and then work. And as this serial entrepreneur. I did that incorrectly a number of times. Uh, and this lady spent too many years with me home, but not being home, you know, always off in my head, uh, work uh, on stuff. So 
I would encourage any uh, dad, husband in that position to be very, very diligent about keeping that the priority. The home is the priority. That's why you're doing everything, right? So don't sacrifice the wealth to get the trinkets. Yeah. Oh, what great advice. Alan? I'd like to add too, in that line of thinking, don't lose hope and settle for this is the way everyone is, yeah. because that's what you're going to hear. Oh, everybody's family is like this. And that is absolutely true. And it should not be so, especially for those of us who call on the name of Christ. So have hope that with effort, things can change. I love that. And family is so crucial to everything. It's the foundation and it's truly a gift. And if you've been gifted and blessed with a family, um, make that keep the main thing, the main thing. I love that, Chris. <laughs> Thank you both so, so much for being on the show. You're both such an inspiration. And I can't wait to see, you know, the millions of families that will be touched by, by what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. You are so welcome. All right. Well, that wraps it up for the Power of Authority Spotlight. I just want to encourage you to take this information and, you know, figure out what 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 is God speaking to you about family? Maybe there's something that that is uh, that resonated with you today. Go check out BeverlyParish.com uh, and we will see you next time on the Power of Authority Spotlight. for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.